Now I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by former Kilkenny selector Martin Fogarty to look ahead to Sunday's Leinster final between Kilkenny and Galway. Uh, Martin, thanks for joining me today. How are you, first of all? Very good, Robert. Very good, and thanks for having me in. Yeah, no problem at all. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Um, first of all, look, it's a big game on Sunday. There's no getting away from it for both managers, for both counties. Uh, you must be looking forward to it as an onlooker now. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, when you're not involved, it's it's nice that you can sit back and relax and watch the game and not worry too much and you don't have to watch individual players too much either. So it's it's definitely, you know, it's it's enjoyable. It's it's a different cut than being down on the sideline where, you know, that, that, has, its, that has its place as well. There. Sometimes you arrive on a pitch there and you'd love to be down there. And... Um, <laughs> When there's a few hard decisions to be made, then you're happy to be sitting up in the stands. So I'm certainly looking forward to it. You don't have to worry about picking teams. You don't have to worry about opposition. You just go go sit back and watch the game and, and hope for a result. Yeah, everybody in Kilkenny, of course, will be hoping for a result. We'll, we'll touch on Galway, but Kilkenny, first of all, do you think they're in a healthy position coming into this match? It feels like the biggest match of the Derek Ling era so far. Well, every game is a big match, to be fair about it, because... You know, you're you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to get a panel together. You're trying to get a team together. You're trying to find lads in different positions, and it's extremely hard in recent years for the like of Derry Canal managers to to find their best team and to get a bit of training done because the matches are coming right on top of each other, and you play a game, and even if you had two weeks, one week is is kind of recovering, and then the next week you're getting ready. So. To actually get 15 on 15 in training and, and do a few bits and pieces is almost impossible in the current climate. So I have, I have huge sympathy for the lads in that way. And, um, you know, to go back to your question, every time you lose a game is a step backwards. And every time you win one is, is a step forward. So regardless as to whether it's league or it's a round robin or, or it's a Leinster final, you just, you just have to go out and try to win. Because winning is a habit and, and losing, unfortunately, is a habit also. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because the last game, of course, was the defeat to Wexford. Um, I spoke to Aidan Fogarty, of course, a man that you'd know very well from your time with Kilkenny, and he said that sometimes a defeat like that can spark a sort of renewed energy and focus within a panel and within a team. But would you be concerned at all that that loss could take Kilkenny backwards as well? And in fact, as you say, winning is a habit, but losing is also. Um, look, I, I wouldn't. I, 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 I'd agree with what Aidan would be saying. If you can play a game where, okay, Kilkenny went down to try and beat Wexford and, and did all in their power to beat him but got caught. And you're lucky, you're lucky if you can play a game that, that ultimately is not going to knock you out of a championship and, and that's where your beating comes because then you get a sting in the tail and you'll find that that little bit extra just has to be found the next day. Now, unfortunately for many a team, they find that out in a knockout game. If you if you look and and take maybe for example Cork, a game a game maybe that they could have won, and the smallest the smallest little thing has them out of the championship. Now, had that been a game that wasn't going to knock them out, that would have stood to them big time, and they'd be able to look back and say, a little effort here, a little effort there, a bit of indiscretion here or there is what is what cost us that game. So I I'd look on the Wexford game, uh, very positively in that light because it was a cracker of a game. It was a game where Kilkenny appeared to be home and dry, which you're never home and dry. And then Wexford came back and Kilkenny came back and ultimately Kilkenny got pipped. So that will definitely 
that to me will be a huge advantage to the lads because that will drive them on and it's not that Derek and the boys would need any kind of a, of a whip to be driving the lads on they're all driven themselves but somewhere deep in your psyche if you, if, you, if you back off a little small bit sometimes you can be caught so when you, when you get a warning like that it, it can lift a guy and it can lift a team and it can put you in a situation where when you go out against Galway on Sunday and if you happen to go down a good few scores you know the game is still there if you keep at it and equally so, if you happen to go up a good bit, you know that, look, at this game is going to come down to the wire and you have to keep your focus right up to the 70th or whatever, 75th, 80th minute, whatever is going to be played. And, and Martin, just with regards to Kilkenny so far in the league, but obviously with a particular focus on championship, is there anything you've noticed, maybe with your coach's eye on you, but also just from a, a viewer's perspective, that has been really positive for Kilkenny? And is there anything on the other side where maybe you think they need to try and improve a bit more heading into now the latter stages of this championship? Well, I suppose what I'm seeing um, all along is... Every one of the players are 100% genuine. Now, but the lines are so fine and I suppose for me sitting watching and it's easy sitting watching, the, the league final against Limerick to me was, was, a, was a, a huge learning day for, for the whole squad, for the players, for individual players because um, as, as, you, as you go farther up the ladder, as, as you made better teams, the slightest, the slightest little weakness in you the slightest little back off is going to cost you. And um, I, I came out of that match, you know, unhappy that we lost it. But in a way, I was happy because the, the, the lessons were there that if you're a yard off of your man and you're playing a top, a top player, you're, you're going to be turned. Um, if, if you don't give that pass when you should give it, it's going to cost you. And more importantly, if you give the pass when you shouldn't give it, <laughs> I'm talking about somebody's old city short play, um, you're going to be caught. They get away with it against poorer teams. But and this is this is where I think there was a huge learning curve in that game in particular. That um, playing playing a short ball when it's not necessary is running a risk. And you're playing a team with uh, like Limerick, look at like anybody, and I include like a Watford and Cork, and they're going to win the championship. Top players like that. If you play a short ball when when it's not necessary, you're running a risk of being turned over. And that can result in a point if you're lucky, a goal if you're not lucky. So it's about getting that balance, about playing short when you have to play it, but putting it down the field, you know, when, when it's on. Now, equally so, being tight, marking tight. Sometimes you can stand a couple of yards off a player if the ball is the other end of the field. But if it's coming to him, if it's coming to, the, to your direct opponent, you've got to be right up on him because if you give a top player, you know, even look at the Dublin boys, look at the Lake of Donny Burke, if you give him a yard, and he gets possession, which he will. It's a point. Simple as that. So um, I, I'm saying that knowing the lads as the game goes on, as the games go on, I'm seeing that little bit of extra, I suppose, what would I call it, tenacity. That they're, you know, they know they're, they're learning how to get tight. They're learning how to get out in front when it has to be that. They're learning when to support players. And you see, my, my mind always kind of says, you have to play a game as if it's going to be won by a point in the last puck of the game and you've got to play every ball like that and if you get a little bit like a day as you get any stage in a game that can ultimately cost you the game so I think I think the lads are they're picking that up bit by bit and you know when, when, when you get the, when you get a day when I suppose 90% of our players are on song we're going to take beating and 
to win any to win any top level game you need I often said you need 13 year players on song and being on song I mean under a game and then you need the other two guys working working their socks off and whatever lads come on um, if you're you know if you don't have 13 players or 12 players on song on a given day and if the other guys are, are on song well then you're gone it's as simple as that so that that'd be that'd be my take on it Robert on, on, on the game so far that, that's a, sense, yeah. yeah, that's a really interesting take and I'd like to actually delve into a little bit more detail on maybe the short passing uh, a little later on but ju- just with regards to the last one Uncle Kenny you know more than anybody the expectation levels in this county are unlike any other county across the country when it comes to winning things for Derek Ling but also for this team how imperative is it that they try and pick up some silverware on Sunday not just in terms of winning but of course getting straight into an all earned semi-final a route that you would have been used to in your time with Kilkenny I should look at it it's, it's always important but it's not of course it's important you're in an inter-final and um, from a Kilkenny point of view at the start of the year you have you have a league trophy there up for grabs you have a Leinster trophy up for grabs you have an all Ireland trophy up for grabs and you want the three of those and right, you can put them in order. Obviously, the All Ireland is the top one. Now, after that, a Leinster and a League, you know, you can you can toss the coin, but they're hugely important trophies, and a lot of players don't have don't have medals in those in those competitions. So, regardless of what's coming down the line, and the fact that win or lose, we're still in the All Ireland series. That that doesn't matter on Sunday. Sunday now is the game. It's the Leinster final, and by God, a, a Leinster final is worth winning. I I don't have a Leinster medal. For a start, you don't have one. I'd kill yeah. for one, right? And I'm sure you would as well. Yeah, surely so that's that, that, that's all that's important right now. Um, to Derek and the lads, it's it's there's not the slightest bit of pressure that you have to deliver a trophy. You know that's that that comes if your if your team plays well and you're a bit better than the other lads, you get a trophy. And if you don't, you won't. And you know again, if you look back at Cork last week, they're out of the championship, but a marvelous team. You know, they, yeah. they, they didn't lose anything other than going out of the championship. They played superbly, and that's what the game is about. You play the games, you do your best, you try and win them, and if, if a bit of silverware comes along, you enjoy it and you cherish it, and it's great, but if it doesn't come along, you just move on to the next game. So Sunday is at this point in time. It's a standalone feature now, and it'll be held for leather, and both teams will be going in to try and win. Now, definitely to win and have that little bit of extra time running into the all in series, that, that is a bonus for certain because it gives it gives the lads a bit of time to work with the players. And, you know, what I mean by that is a few training sessions there where you can go flat out, do a bit of, I suppose, coaching work, a bit of skill work, and then a couple of in-house games, hammer and tongs, where you can put players in different positions. You can put players on particular types of players you can't you can't beat that. That's um, that's so important for any team to be able to train in your own house and to be able to put lads in positions you want to try them in and on different types of players. And you don't you don't get to do that now with the way the current county fixtures are there. You know you, you take a chance and take for example the last day Walter maybe started midfield John Donnelly maybe started midfield for a while and 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 why not? You know, why not with, uh, you take Hugh Lawler, for example, full back? Maybe sometime you'd like to say, how would that fellow go centre forward? How would he go full forward if, if the situation arose? You needed it. No, you can't. You can't. Well, I'm not saying you can't, but you wouldn't be inclined to chance it in an inter-championship game or a league game. But yeah. you might do it in training some night. 
And that's, that's, that's the value of training. And that's one of the big problems I see now with the current setup is that county teams do not really have a chance to, to do that kind of training. So that's just maybe, I don't know, does that make any sense to you? But it does to me. Yeah, no, it does. And obviously it's great to get an insight of somebody that was there and, and seen it all. Henry Shefflin is another man that's, that's seen it all. You know him very well as well, of course. Uh, he's in charge of Galway on Sunday. What? How would you assess Galway so far? I mean, they were disappointing, to say the least, in the first half against Dublin. But is it hard to read them or do you have any sort of strong opinions on Galway so far? disappointing against Dublin I, I look on that from a different angle altogether I, I'd, I'd always rate Dublin for a start and yeah. you know even coming off the day Kilkenny met Dublin and I, 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 I know Danny Sutcliffe well over the years I know Danny and I met him coming off the field and you know he was hugely disappointed and he had said to me that you know they came down to win the match not to make up the numbers and you know I wasn't expecting anything different but I would I would always rate Dublin and they're a lot better than people give them Credit for, and um, you know, if you look at the like a Danny there, and you have Donny Burke, so you couldn't you couldn't blink if you give Donny Burke a ball. The same with Danny Keane or Sullivan Keane ball, and these guys, Owen O'Donnell there, the backs, and there to have no man in there this year, big fella from Cork, Chris O'Leary, and so you know, and, and Dublin, Dublin under day, I put it up to any team, and I, I was reading there about how, how people thought it was silly them taking their games out of Parnell Park. I, I thought it was a wise decision because Dublin are a fast team. They're a team that like to move. And to me, Intercrow Park was the place they should be going because, again, ultimately, if they want to win a Leinster or want to win an All-Ireland, they're going to be played in Crow Park. So the more games they can get in Crow Park, the better. But going back to Galway, you see, again, maybe somewhere down in the psyche, and not, not knocking you now or anyone in the media, but reading the papers and that, Galway were expected to roll over Dublin. And even though Henry or whoever is over the team would be, would be driving it home to them how difficult it's going to be, somewhere deep down in the psyche, if a player or a team thinks this is supposed to be easy, then you get an unbelievable shock. And yeah. that's possibly what happened Galway. But I always look at Galway, and I go back for the last 30 years, every single year, Galway are all Ireland contenders. If you were writing down, if you were involved with a team or... And you were writing down, you know, where where are the biggest dangers going to come from? Galway are always going to be up there. Now, the, the fact that they have only won one All Ireland in the last thirty years is it's 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 mind boggling in a way. But being good is one thing, but actually getting over the line and winning something is is it's it's, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. Like you take Clare slipped in for an All Ireland there in twenty thirteen, but over over twenty years, Galway would have been the stronger team but they, they didn't manage to slip in and win one. If you, you know, you, you, you look at Cork, they haven't won one since, what? 2000 and, 2004, was it? 2005, yeah. 2005, you know, and sure, they're, they're, they're a tremendous team. Hmm. I look at Limerick there, I always would have rated Limerick year in, year out. I'd rate them hugely. If you were playing Limerick, you want to be on your best to win, but they, they had won nothing. And now, you know, a couple of years ago, they, they, they arrive and suddenly they have to have four titles. So, any any of these teams under day can turn any team over. So Galway to me are, um, you know, you just you just if you take your eye off them for a second, they're, they're going to go to town. And yes, it's as simple as that. And that's 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 what our boys now will have hopefully will have learned against Wexford that no matter who we are playing, no matter how the game is going, 
if you blink for a second or two, that game can turn and that's that's how the lads will approach Galway, I'm sure. And just a final one on the Leinster final before we move on to other things, Martin. Uh, how do you actually see the game going on Sunday? Uh, sure. You know, sure. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I haven't a clue. Um, <laughs> I haven't a clue. Um, I just, I, I genuinely, I genuinely always kind of look at my own team and I look at our own lads. And sometimes I go to a match <clears throat> and I think oh, we could be in trouble here. We could be in trouble. And then I open the program and look down to the lads and I say, "Sure, God Almighty, look at if these boys hurl, we're as good as anybody." So I, I look at our own fellas. And you, you never know a player, the best of players, they never know till they arrive out the field how they're going to hurl. Uh, you know, it's called on, on the day. And no matter what you've done in training, no matter how you've played the last day, and you're out in that field, you don't know what way that old ball is going to hop for you. And if that hops right for you and you're on song, well, then good. But you could be working like a dog sometimes, and no matter what you do, the ball goes the other way. But I, I look at our squad and whatever 15 start them, whatever maybe up to five players come on. And I know that if we can get, I suppose, as I said already, if we can get 13 bites on song, 13 under a game, I think we're, we're a match for any team. And that'll, that'll be Galway now on Sunday. So I'd be, I'd, be quite, I'd be quite confident that we have the material to win this match. And equally so, if, you know, if a few of the boys are off the mark, which happens to everybody, they're off the mark, and if the Galway boys are on song, well then we're going to be in trouble. But I'm looking forward to a, a, a cracker of a game. Yeah, it should be a really entertaining game, I have to say. And then, as I say, we'll move on to other things. Something that you brought up there, Martin, modern-day hurling, a lot of short passing. What's your opinion on that? I'm sure it differs from when you were involved with Kilkenny. I love it, Robert. Um, this term, modern hurling, rips my head. Hurling mm. is hurling um, and, and, and has been for a long time. Not, not in this change, you need a way to the ball. And... The weight of the ball means that it's going faster and it's going quicker and it means guys are able to score from further out the field. But other, other than that, it's 15 on 15. And players players can you know, they can be put anywhere you like in the field. I mean, you, you talk about even the sweeper crack, and sure, you weren't even born when, when I think it was Cork, Kilkenny were playing years and years ago in the second half. There was a gale force wind and Frank Cummins... Frank Cummins dropped dropped back behind midfield. He was playing midfield. He dropped back behind the halfbacks, and he he he, he held the game for Kilkenny. So you know that was as I said, that yeah. was before you were born. But and and, and these, these kind of things are being happening. Okay, goalies nowadays are getting a little bit more involved. Um, I suppose Noel Skeen never dreamt of poking a short ball out to Van Larkin or Jim Tracy or anybody like that. And and that that has come into the game, and that's that's fine. But. Um, you know, people are talking about the short game. But hurling, hurling will never change. It's about getting the balance right. And people like, that talk about Kilkenny adapting, and to me that's a lot of hogwash. Because back when I was involved, the lads were as good at playing a short game as they were at playing a, sh- a long one. And sometimes you have to play a short. If you have the ball and there's somebody up in your face, you can't strike it. So you have to go a short. That's if there's somebody there to take it. And that... That takes a lot of work, and that's generally done with little possession games in training where you just have huge pressure in a small, confined area and you haven't room to swing the hurl and you just have to pop it short. Short can be anything from one metre to maybe 20 or 30 metres. So when, you know, if you look up the field and the player you want to give it to is marked and you can't give it to him, well, then if there's a guy you lose somewhere else, you have to give it to him. But 
the real the real message is to get the balance right. But make no mistake, Robert, that when you're coming out of defence, every time you pass a ball, let it be from the hand or let it be from the hurl, every time you pass it, you're running the risk of it being turned over. And if it's turned over an intercounty level nowadays, you're lucky if it's a point. And whereas if you deliver the ball up the field, well, in my opinion, the worst thing that happen is if you come back down. But if you deliver it short and it goes wrong, you're in big trouble. So the, the good teams, and our ways years ago, were very, very good at it. They were able to pop it short. You know, I can see him in my mind's eye. I can see Noel Hickey throwing the ball out to Mick Cabin or out to Jackie Turl when the pressure was on. I can see Jackie popping it out to Tommy if necessary. And then I can see it, Tommy learning it, as let's call it nowadays, but learning it as means driving it up the field because he saw Henry or Taggy or some of the boys maybe five yards off the man and up she went. And the funny thing about it is Limerick, that's exactly what Limerick do. You know, Limerick will hit a short ball if they're not able to hit a long one or if there's nobody free. But as soon as they get a chance that they can see a forward loose or even not loose, but a bit of ground, a bit of grass to one side of them, they'll have it gone up to them in the blink of an eye. So that's that's my take on it. So, you know, again, it's up to it's up to individual players and managers and coaches to do what they like. But there's no... I suppose I, I was reading Wexford there last year that we're talking about adapting a little bit now that they're, they're starting to see that you can actually do a mixture of long and short and so that, that was always the way the, king, the game was and the, the, the good teams the good team you look at Shamrocks and all Ireland champions so many times and sometimes Richie really being centre back there and he'll, he'll, he'll hoof that ball down the field because you know as Colin Finley is down around the square somewhere sometimes he won't sometimes he pop it out to Derek Corcoran and that's, that's about, it's about getting the mix so What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you actually, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, very peculiar to look at. I think there was a goal uh, that Dublin got against Galway actually in the first half where they played a ball across to the Galway goalkeeper. I thought it was just uh, hospital stuff really, to be honest. So I, I think um, yeah. you're, you're probably dead you on see, with that's it. Been, that's, that's unfortunately, Robert, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's being coached to players and it's being coached to young players and, yeah. it's, and it's a disaster with young players that they're being told this is what you have to do so where you have a young fella and look a young fella could be a senior holder for my club or your club and let's say he has the ball wing back or corner back and he, he's, he's under pressure from the coach to, to pop a chart and it doesn't come off because he hasn't the skill level maybe to strike it or maybe the guy that's trying to get it hasn't the skill level to take it and then if you to put the ball up the field there'll be no problem. And it's, it's the same with short puck outs. Now, it's one thing to have Owen Murphy and Nicky Quaid in these boys popping a short one. Yeah. You know, and they don't all come off. They surely don't all come off. But you'll bring that down a couple of levels to your club adult team, your club senior team, intermediate team, in the strong counties, in the weaker counties, but then bring it down to your minor teams and your under 14. And they're being told to do this kind of stuff. Sure, it's absolutely a disaster waiting to happen. And... If, if my memory recalls back one of the minor matches there this year, I think it was Waterford, uh, a terrible night back early in the year. I'm not sure if it was Tipperary or Clare they were playing, but a goalie, the poor chap, in, in a gale force wind, he, he went with a short puck out and it was broken down, a goal resulted and um, they were beaten by a goal. So, you know, un- unfortunately, Hurling is, um, is not a computer game. You can't just key in this move or that move. Hurling is instinctive. And 
while they practice everything and be able to do everything, let it be short, let it be long, let it be a ground strike, let it be a lifting strike, let it be a strike from the hand, then it has to be down to the players on the day to make a decision. What do I do? You know, do I raise it? Do I jab it? Do I roll lift it? Do I hand pass it? Do I strike it? And that's that's the great thing about hurling. And I, I, I think the teams that are winning are there to do those things best. And, and at the moment, Limerick are all Ireland champions and, and they do that. They do that to a tee. They'll go along, they go short, they'll strike on the ground, they'll strike out of hand, whatever is required. But you certainly can't, um, you can't schedule it. You can't tell a team, go out and you have to do this and you have to do that in such a situation because it doesn't work that way. It's all really interesting to get get your take on it. And Martin, I don't want to hold you too much longer unconscious of time here, but I just wanted to get uh, a word on you were the GA's first ever National Hurling Development Manager. How do you reflect on that time? Um, do, do, do you know, was, was it a difficult task that you undertook? Do you think um, hurling is growing in the so-called weaker counties? Uh, what's kind of your overall reflection on it? Well, you look at the start off with, they're not the so-called weaker counties. They are the weaker counties. There's no point in buttering it up. Yeah. Um, they're the weaker counties and, you know, the the, the, the job I had was, um, it was humbling to be straight about it because it opened my eyes. I had a reasonable idea what Hurling was like in the weaker counties. But until I went into them, I had no idea that at the time there was only one adult Hurling club in Fermanagh. There was only two in Leitrim. There was only three in Longford and three in Cavan on a good day, and that might be two. So if you start off there, that'll that'll tell you um, where Hurling has to go. Now it'll take an army of people to try and solve it, and it'll take huge goodwill and interest from every county, because one of the problems is the strong counties. You know, they're enough to be doing themselves. They don't care about these counties really. And then these counties are predominantly football counties, so their own county boards, uh, no fault, through no fault of their own, they don't really care about hurling either. Yeah. And um, that's the challenge. So I, I, while I, my job was national, I very quickly concentrated on what I called the wilderness of hurling, which was um, the 13 counties, if you draw a line from Dublin to, to, to Galway and north of it, and actually you have to take out Antrim and take out Down because they didn't fit the bracket. You have 13 counties up there that had nine or less than nine adult hurling clubs. Now Down had maybe 11, so they didn't get into the category. Um, Antrim, while they have only four, maybe five strong hurling clubs, they'll have 24 clubs, hurling clubs. So they didn't get into that category either. But the rest of them, you know, you're looking at counties there with four and five adult hurling clubs. So how in the name of God can you survive? I mean, how... You you take Longford at the moment. They won't have an under-20 competition because they've only two teams. Their senior competition is, is you could play it off in a day. You have three teams. And that's the problem. So what we, and I say we, we and me, and the, the guys, the, the couple of Hurling uh, Games promotion officers like Brian Ryan and the lads in those counties, you have one in each county. Some counties, you only have half of one. So between us, we got cross-county leagues going. And this is the only hope to had that you get a competition going that will have 12 or 16 teams in it. Now, the big problem then, of course, was travel. But, and, and another big problem was, was standard. You could have a decent team in Mayo and they might have to play a team in Longford that's maybe not good at all. And there could be a 20-point or a 20-goal difference between the teams. 
but you still have no choice but to lump them into the same league. So all of those things are the challenge. And the only the only way forward I've been preaching is, is we'll have to grow more clubs, and we have to have we have to have the will to grow more clubs. That you know Longford has to go from three to six, and then from six to twelve. Sligo has to go from six to twelve, etc., etc. And in the middle of all that, you have some wonderful work going on. You had Eastkey there from Sligo, were narrowly beaten in the All Ireland Club final. You had um, was it four rows? Or was it Torian from Mayo? Went to the intermediate final. Yeah. And you know these things are happening. A couple of years ago, there you had you had Castle Glenny from Monaghan, and they were narrowly beaten by Dunamagan in the junior final. And I was delighted there last week to see Monaghan playing in and winning their first Lowry Mar competition. And one of the guys involved with that team would have been involved with the Castle Blaney team that went to the other. And it's actually Jimmy Lacey. He's, he's, he's a native of Ballaragher. So what, what these people are doing, Robert, is unbelievable. And I'm not so sure if you or I were up in some of these counties that we'd be involved in hurling in the slightest, such is the difficulty of it. So that's 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 where the challenge is, and that's for me as the job was. Ah, uh, sure. Look, at you couldn't buy it. I mean, you're meeting people that are absolutely the start of the earth. You're meeting people that they're trying to get hurling going or keep it going, and in order to do that, their club team is made up of players from maybe maybe four or five clubs. Like, can you imagine trying to get a team? You're you're in Saint Martin's. Now, if you're trying to get a hurling team going there, and your players were consistent of lads from Castlecomer, Cloney and Conaghy, Clara. So for you to get 15 or 20 players, that's where your players are coming from. So what's happening is if, if there's a match below in Conaghy, a football match in Conaghy, well then that's your team, that's your holding team gone. And that's that's the kind of challenge these guys are facing. Okay. Oh, that, that, now, would you be aware of that? Yeah, you probably no, wouldn't. That's, no, I don't think a lot of people would have. That's actually... Um Quite a quite a great assessment of it. So that's the difficulties that are posed to these clubs and these people involved. Oh, unbelievable! I mean, to see to see where Schlockneil, for example, came from. Now, there you there you be a little bit ahead of most of the other counties. They might have they might have eight or nine. I think they have nine adult hurling clubs if they're lucky. But Schlockneil had nothing years ago. You know, zero. <laughs> and, and what those guys have done and went on and won three Camogie All Ireland for a start. And um, were a, a kick of a ball away from winning an All Ireland football final. They were beaten by a goal uh, in one, and they were beaten another one. And they were a puck of a ball or two away from beating Shamrocks once and beating Ballygunner another time. So that's that's unbelievable what those guys have done. But um, you know, right right across that region, hurling hurling people and what they're trying to do. But they are really batting against the current in a big way. And as I've said several times, football in Kilkenny. And that's laugh at me, but it's the show with football in Kilkenny is a hundred miles ahead of Hurling in those counties. Because if you look at Kilkenny, out of the forty four clubs, in any um in any grade, we have about thirty teams. Right? So if you go from under thirty and right up to adults, you have at least thirty teams competing, which means you have three grades of football at every level in Kilkenny. And the little championship or league is run off and it's rarely interfered with, which means the football player in Kilkenny, he gets his little league, five or six or seven games, depending on how far they go, and away you go. And if people want to put a bit of extra effort in, they can slip over to Carlo, they can slip into Leash, and they can get more football. Whereas, for that to happen in Holland, up the country, that would be a dream come true. 
Yeah, well, I have to say, it was re- it's really interesting to get your take on it. Uh, Martin Fogarty, I could chat to you all day, but I'll leave it at that. Thanks ever so much for talking to me today, and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. I will that, Robert, and you too. Take care.